Today we're going to talk about Father's Day, celebrating the Eucharist again, and regathering as a community. On Father's Day, I'd love to give a shout out to my own father. I have the privilege, if you'd indulge me, um, I know you'll all want to give a shout out to your dads. My dad grew up in a family of 13 siblings. Uh, both his parents were remarried for his family, so he had two sets of step-siblings, as well as his own two brothers. He only went to eighth grade. After eighth grade, he decided to go and work in a factory with his father. At the age of 19, he volunteered for the Royal Canadian Navy. Luckily, the war ended before he saw active service. After 20 years in the factory, he saved up enough money to buy a farm. And although he never worked on a farm, only his father's market garden, he luckily married a farmer's daughter who helped him through it. Great fellow. Someone once said, Dads are the most ordinary men, turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers of songs. Not only is it Father's Day, but of course yesterday was the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. Our sunrise happened at 6.21, and it's set at 8.25. In Barrow, Alaska, which is the northernmost American city, the sun rose at 1.52, or went down at 1.52 a.m., and came up an hour later at 2.50 a.m. So it's the midsummer night. It was popular in Europe, a pre-Christian, a pagan festival where they would have bonfires and celebrate all the light that they had given. So just as the celebration of the birth of Jesus was um, specifically set at the shortest day of the year, and then the Bible tells us that John the Baptist was born six months before, then it was this, it, the longest day of the year, John the Baptist kind of took over the Midsummer Night Festivals and come and baptized. So we have John the Baptist and Jesus at the longest day of the year and the shortest day of the year, June 24th, December 24th, same time. It's interesting that John not only came to prepare people for the Messiah, but it says in the prophet Malachi that his job was to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. It says in Malachi, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet, and Jesus clarified that John the Baptist was the Elijah for them. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So fathers are meant to be there then to protect us, to provide for us, and to prepare us, to prepare us for life, to call us forth, to remind us that we can do that. It's interesting that we can use the word mother as a verb, and everybody knows what you mean if someone mothers somebody to care tenderly for them, but we don't use the word father as a verb. What would it mean for us to say someone is fathering someone other than being responsible for their procreation? Today we celebrate fathers in our midst, in our community. Happy Father's Day. Fathers turn their hearts to their children. Fathers who have put their arm around the child and told them that they love them, that they're proud of them. Fathers who have had the courage to show their emotions and tell them they love them. Many people have never seen their father cry or never heard their father say, I love you and I'm proud of you. Fathers who have taken their children to church, who have prayed for them and with them. Fathers who have made it a priority to spend time with their children. Of course, it's awkward for me to stand here and tell you what a father should do, as I have four witnesses. 
who can give the lie to my pontificate. The radical thing that Jesus taught, or one of the radical things, was that we can go to God as we would go to a father. And so our fathers become pointers to our Heavenly Father. A great responsibility, needing God's help to help us do that. So happy Father's Day. Today is rather auspicious because we gather again around the table to receive the Eucharist, which is so central to our life, both as individuals and as a community. And the banquet, the banqueting table, is such an image from the heavenly courts when we gather around the table. And we remember the importance and centrality and significance of the Eucharist and the life of the follower of Jesus. It's a celebration. It's a remembrance. It's a reenactment. And it's a feeding and empowering. We remember in this act that God gave Himself for us. And then we're reminded that He calls us to give our lives to the world, to be involved in the hurts and pain, the injustices of the world, righting wrongs, healing wounds, and building bridges. And so we take, and all of that mission takes courage and wisdom, grace and patience. And we believe that in the taking of the Eucharist, our hearts and souls are fed so that our wills can be strengthened to do what He calls us to do. And not only is it Father's Day, gathering around the Eucharist, but we gather as a community, which is so strange, isn't it? It's like, like how do we do this? You can't hug people, you can kind of wave, you have masks on so people don't even know if you're smiling, and, uh, and it's awkward. But we're reminded that our community is much more than what we see here. Our community goes beyond that. The last time we gathered here was March the 8th, 105 days ago, since we've gathered as a community and we celebrate. The stay-at-home order has pushed us into the unknown territory of live streaming and YouTube and social media. But Zoom is not a replacement for a hug or a handshake. It's interesting in the scriptures, Paul says, kiss one another. So masks do not let us do all that we need to do to be the people of God. And our regathering will be new and awkward, something to learn, something that those of you who are here today can help us with. What can we do to make it better? It's a little bit reminiscent of the early Christians who gathered in the catacombs because of the danger of being a Christian. And from that location of death comes the message of life. And from disaster comes glory. And from danger comes creative ways to show compassion. Yes, we must do it safely and wisely, but we also understand the effects, the detrimental effects of social isolation. And we need to overcome that and be creative and reach out. This week I attended via live stream uh, the funeral of a good friend of mine who was to me a mentor and a guide over many years. His name was the Reverend Dr. Peter Moore. And uh, his funeral was in South Carolina, Charleston, so I was able to attend uh, through my computer. He was a Christian statesman of international stature, and you can see from the comment section, people were gathering from Africa and Europe and all over the world for him. His daughter, Kate Norris, who is now ordained uh, Anglican priest, gave a message, which was wonderful. And in it she said, my dad played. He played in ministry, he played with me. And I realized and knew how important play is to a child of any age. 
God created imagination to meet us in it and to reassure us that all is well between us. I felt God's love in my dad's play. And so today I encourage dads to play with your children, to celebrate your love. It instills within them a sense of hope and confidence that things will be well. It's interesting if you go on our Facebook account, they've posted a bunch of our church children talking about their fathers. What did you like best? And the common theme is, guess what? I'd like to play with you. We also celebrate God's love shown for us in His self-giving. God's victory over death and sin and evil is positive and celebratory and indeed playful. You wouldn't know it sometimes when we walk up for communion. It is very serious, but it is also very joyful. And if you've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, after the stone table is broken because of Aslan's death, what does he do when he meets the children? But he romps with them and plays with them. And as we celebrate today our community, pre-gathering, we're on the road back. We're dispersed but hopeful, and they have a new appreciation of what we mean to each other. And so we need to find ways to play together. Today, because of social isolation, families who maybe were spectators are now becoming players. Playing with the family, playing games, sharing stories. So let's harness the good that's come out of that and take that with us as we continue to embark on this journey of regathering. May God bless us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.